Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Vancouver home prices have risen once again, and this is despite 10 interest rate hikes. This is despite a typically slower summer season. This is despite immense debt loads and increasing interest payments. And here we are, home prices are still rising. And this is also on the back of sales volumes, which are also increasing. Well, here we are. The July 2023 Vancouver real estate numbers are out and we are going to share them all with you. And we're going to dive into what's actually driving this upward, relentless price trend that we're seeing and share our thoughts, of course, on where we think the market is going next. So as always, thanks so much for tuning in. We love bringing you this content completely ad free. The only thing that we ask of you is that you share this episode with just one person. Now, let's take a behind the look behind the curtain look, excuse me, at what's really going on with the Vancouver real estate stats and the economic drivers that are pushing them forward. Right off the top, we always talk about that sales volume because sales volume is almost like a health test as to what's happening in the local real estate landscape. And last month in July, we saw about 2,450 homes sell. What does that mean? How does that stack up? Well, if we compare that to uh, July of last year of 2022, we saw a massive 29% increase in sales volume from last year. And why is that significant? Well, it is because, yes, last year was obviously a downward trending market because that's when everyone was shaken and shook by these immense rate hikes that we saw happening. But the fact that we're seeing an increase, again, where the rates are actually higher than where they were this time last year, really speaks to a lot of the other metrics that we're going to get into here shortly. Now, when it comes to the recent trend, yeah, it's the second downward trend in sales volumes in two months. Very typical of summer. There's no surprise here. It's more surprising when it goes the other way. But of course, let's pull back a bit here. And what's going on with the 10-year average? We are still well below that, at almost 16% below that 10-year average. So not the sales that we've seen typically over the last 10 years. And keep in mind, that is not adjusted for population growth. So what's keeping the sales suppressed? Yes, of course, interest rates, but also inventory, which we all love to touch on too. This is a very hard environment to buy, of course, with inventory uh, that low. And also those mortgage rates, well, the overnight rate is 22-year high right now. And we talked about on our last episode how much lower home prices were 22 years ago. I think really the majority of the sales that are happening, because a lot of people ask, like, who's actually buying in this marketplace? It makes no sense. A lot of the people that are buying homes right now are previous homeowners, meaning they're moving up, moving sideways, moving down, or moving the hell out. But either way, it's way less investors buying right now and definitely way less first timers. Yeah, and also new listings, uh, not not bad, honestly speaking. 4,649 new listings in July of 2023. That is a 17% increase from last July. And again, that's largely due, like Dan mentioned, because of you know July of last year, we saw a 100-bit basis point hike. That was huge and shocked everyone and everybody pulled back. So it doesn't really surprise me uh, that we're seeing these numbers. Second month in a row where sales volumes have declined. Again, 
Not a huge surprise this time of the year. That always tends to happen. Uh, we are 5.2% below the 10-year seasonal average. And August will almost be slower than July. It almost always is. So I'm expecting further retraction uh, in terms of new listings from where we're at now. So with that jump in new listings, but the jump in new sales, where does that land the overall inventory? Well, it's still incredibly low. Uh, we're going to put the chart up here for those watching on YouTube. We ended up at about 9,640 total active listings right now. That's basically where we were last month. In fact, it's only six units more than where we were last month. And how does it compare from a year ago? 16% less. 16%. And again, like I mentioned earlier, that was a slow time. So to have inventory even lower than last year when it was slow, well, it's it's continuing to kind of be the story here and what's literally propping up home prices. We are still sub 10,000 active listings and this has been sub 10,000 for eight months in a row now. So this is also keeping us in essentially an elevated high-end uh, balanced to seller's market for the last uh, those same eight months rather. It has been the largest factor in what's happened with prices this year. Obviously, there's never one singular item that controls prices within real estate or most products for that matter, but it's been one of the largest factors for sure. Um, when it comes to inventory, it is trending upwards, thankfully. We're up for the seventh month in a row here, but we've only seen a total increase of about 2,100 units in that time. And let's keep in mind, we're, we're going back to December here when there was very, very few listings. Big screen or big picture here again, 14% uh, below that 10-year average. So we're obviously below. And again, that's not adjusted for population growth where obviously there's a heck of a lot more people in GVRD than there were just 10 years ago. I also think a big part of this, Dan, is in order to get bigger price movement when it comes to inventory, you need a lot more supply than what we're currently looking at. And to be eight months in a row of less than 10,000, and we know from our own research here that you need roughly around 15,000 active listings to produce a balanced marketplace. We are well below that. We're 30% below where we need to be in order to create balance in our marketplace. So just staggering, really. It's kind of not a big surprise when you look at what people, you know, really wouldn't be able to even buy the house that they're in, uh, you know, with prevailing rates. So that definitely has something to do with it as well. With that said, the available inventory that is around and people are still competing to buy that. The sales to active ratio that we're looking at here is 25% overall. Now, again, to give you guys some perspective, uh, zero to 12%, for a sustained period of three three months, that is a buyer's market. 12 to 20% for three months, you are looking at a balanced marketplace. And 20% and upwards for a sustained period of three months, that is a seller's market. So we are down 6.5% overall. So we are going from a very strong seller's market down to a strong seller's market. Uh, this is the second monthly decline in these numbers. So possible that we're seeing a bit of a trend develop here. Some of it obviously has to do with the recent interest rate hike, cooling off those uh, desires from people and behavior is cooled off quite a bit here. Uh, that said, though, when we start breaking it down in terms of detached homes, townhomes and condos, this is where it's getting kind of interesting. So detached homes sitting at 16 and percent. And I do want to make note here that is balanced territory for a single family home. 
It's almost a bit of a trend though, because last month we were sitting just hovering around 20%. So we had seen a decline. We're seeing a further decline. Uh, and I should note, you know, we're back in a balanced market again. It did happen earlier this year, back in February. That said, of course, it's largely due to affordability and the availability of decent stock. When you look at townhomes, for example, very strong seller's market, 32%. When you look at condos, another very strong seller's market at 31%. And this largely driven by affordability uh, and availability of stock. So how does this all affect price? Well, you heard me off the top, prices are up. And honestly, it's a uh, across all three price metrics. So HPI, as you know, the hedonically adjusted price metric that is used to basically smooth out all overall average sales here has gone up for the seventh month in a row now, increasing by $7,000 in July. That's about uh, half a percent from the previous month. The home price now, $1,210,000 is what you're looking at if you walk out the door today and want to buy your average home in GVRD. Well, guess what? That same home in January, well, it was $98,000 less. Yeah, we're up almost $100,000 since January in the HPI price here in Vancouver. That's a 9% gain we have seen so far this year. Unbelievable. Again, go back to my predictions for this year, and I said prices were going down as of February way off the mark and still in a bit of shock as to where prices have gone this year. And this is an interesting one too. We're actually up price-wise by HPI half a percent from July of 2022. That means year over year, houses are higher priced today than a year ago. If you were to have bought a home at any time in the last 12 months, according to the HPI, it's now worth more. And speaking of worth more, do you remember that all-time high blow-off top back in like March, April of 2022? Well, obviously we dipped from there, but we've come racing back. We're only 4% right now off the all-time high price in GVRD. I had to like double take that chart to see if it was correct. Keep in mind that blow off top, they had just started increasing interest rates. They were 0.5% overnight right then. Crazy times for sure. I, it, I just have such a hard time with this because we look at the affordability and we've had so many episodes about affordability and yet here we are where we're four percent off all-time highs i i just feel like all the interest rate hiking we've gone through in the last year year and a bit now uh, it just it, it it feels like i don't know is it about to kick in or when is this going to kick in when are when is when are we going to start to see the desired and intended effect i mean we're certainly seeing a drop in inflation uh but we're not seeing you know we're not seeing really prices come down and it's not just in housing too it's in the grocery sector it's in oil and gas is on the way back up again uh that is just, it's it's very puzzling <laughs> It's a very slow moving market that way, even when rates are increased this fast. And of course, we're in a lot of uncharted territory right now. So we're not entirely sure when these will fully take effect. But I feel like I can almost say the guarantee word that obviously, if rates were to maintain this level for, let's say, the next three years, I think we'd see a, a dramatically different price point, meaning to the downside over those next uh, couple of years. But for now, you're right. It, it's it's a bit baffling. I think, too, one, one metric I like to look at here is that... All the homes, if you take all the homes that sell in GVRD and then you take the population and you divide that, it's only about 1% of the population that moves every single year. And can 1% of the population afford that move? Mm. Well, clearly, 
right? And so when you've got this incredibly stable foundation of uh, what 50% of homes have zero mortgage and you've got all these people with a ton of equity in their home and then you've got this very low uh, inventory environment, well, that creates um, clearly a landscape for stable and, well, upward price trends. So, yeah. Well, and when you consider only 50% of Vancouverites have a mortgage too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So let's dig a little deeper here because last month, well, I thought both median and average were going to eh, go flat or dip a bit in July. I stand corrected once again. Median, after dropping the previous month in June for the first time in six months, it actually rose in July up 20 grand to $978,000 up, which is obviously keeping HPI up. Average acted very similar. It dropped the previous month. Uh, and then in July, it actually rose by three thousand uh, dollars average price now one two seven four million so that's what happened with prices again a bit of a shock and going into next month well let's save our predictions for last let's uh, look at days on market here yeah days on market are sitting at a whopping 11 days so again we're not seeing things everything sell within a week here but certainly most things are selling within a week, week and a half, maybe that two week mark, it's only up by two days over last month. So really uh, very little change here. And this is, this is very reflective of the sales to active ratio, which still has us in a, in a strong seller's market overall. Um, I will touch on a little bit about uh, where I think this could rise in the future, uh, but maybe I'll save that to uh, the end here when we talk about some of our predictions and as to where the market might go from here. Sounds good. So just want to branch out real quick here, a little bit outside of GVRD. Uh, saw a couple tweets coming through today about early Toronto stats. It looks like Toronto is definitely trending down price-wise. Um, I, I can't substantiate that quite yet, but we'll be able to by the next cast here. And Calgary on the other side. <laughs> Calgary is basically the most resilient marketplace out there, well, nationally right now. In July, Calgary actually saw record sales volumes for the month at like 2,650. And they are also experiencing basically an almost 20 year inventory, inventory, excuse me, low. So very tight uh, inventory there. Home prices, remember, Vancouver home prices are up half a percent year over year. Calgary is up 6% right now year over year. And a lot of the reason is, well, guess what? They're at an all-time high price, but that price is $567,000. So they are less than half the price of Vancouver and a big part of why they are seeing such a massive population growth. They grew at 4.5% over the last 12 months, more than any other province here in Canada. And well, that's going to affect what's going to happen next here. So why don't uh, Ryan take it away with a bit of our predictions? Actually, no, wait, quick backup. Let's talk a little bit of the boots on the ground of what we've experienced in the last week, two weeks even, um, mm -hmm. just because I want to kind of give that light first because people, you know, numbers are one thing, boots on the ground is a little bit different. And I think one, one case in point here that just jumps to mind is one of our team members uh, was just leaving the office and I'm like, hey, where are you off to? He's like, well, um, I'm in a five-way multiple right now for a condo. And so I got I to gotta get to work here. So here we are. It's August and there's a five-way multiple. And I think it's probably about a $700,000 condo, if I'm not mistaken. But one immediate example of what's going on there. We just talked about how condos are still very much in the seller's market. Well, there's a perfect example. My boots on the ground stories are, are quite similar. Dan, we were, we were in a multiple offer on a co-op building in uh, Granville, 
Granville South, South wow. Granville. And, you know, a co-op is a difficult, it's a, it's a more difficult way of buying real estate. You're buying shares in a corporation that owns the real estate. And so you need to get board approval. You know, you need to get special financing conditions in place. Uh, however, and, and they're usually a little bit cheaper because of these reasons, not because the, the real estate is, is worth less. It, it, it fascinates me because even the listing realtor on the other side was shocked the first day on the market, this condo had five showings in the first hour. And we were one of them, right? They Now, they were not holding offers because they did not anticipate this. And as such, we acted very quickly. And so did somebody else. And here we were finding ourselves in a multiple offer situation on a difficult property to buy. Now, I should also note, uh, we've had a number of uh, deals go through in July here. And I would venture to say 75% of them were in multiple offers. Uh, and that was all the way up to price point of nearly $2 million. So when it looks like there's good, uh, high quality assets to buy, people will go to them and they will try and make it happen. I think a lot of people are also recognizing that rates could be near the top of the rate hike cycle. And as such, you know, people like um, uh, my buyers who just bought a townhouse here over on Knight Street, they're only doing a two-year fixed rate because they want to renegotiate in two years when they feel like rates could be lower. Uh, so it's a in very interesting way that people are trying to curb the affordability element here. Uh, and again, we're so strapped with inventory that, you know, people are fighting for kind of what, what's left. And as pro you know, property gets cheaper. And by that, I mean, sort of the 500 to the $800,000 mark, uh, in Vancouver, that would be your entry level. It's a, it's still a fist fight. Like we just said, condos are at 31%, townhomes are at 32%. That almost certainly guarantees in many instances that you'll be competing for that property. Well put. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like out there. So quick, uh, we'll kind of wrap this up with our predictions of what can kind of, uh, what people can expect next here. So August, shockingly, it's sales are going to remain a bit elevated based on the fact that there's almost pent up demand based on the fact that there's such low inventory. We're going to see even less inventory come to market next month. And I, I, again, I'm going to make my, put myself out there and guess on prices again. Ah, it can't keep going up. I'm guessing uh, flat prices for uh, for next month and flat, you know, the two, three grand up down kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you there. I I think, you know, we're seeing transaction levels kind of dwindle a little bit. Uh, prices went up by 0.5% this month. Uh, last month, they were similar. We're seeing sort of, you know, this flatlining of prices right now. Also quite typical this time of year. Um, <clears throat> one thing I, I do kind of want to talk about, though, is, you know, our next rate hike is going to be in September, or at least uh, rate hike announcement. And the central banks are going to have two months of data to reflect on their next decision. And, you know, the recent rate hike that we saw in the States, you know, Jerome Powell left a lot of word or, or left the door open for further rate hikes. However, you know, the, the terminology that he'd been using up to that point was almost certainly that he was coming down, coming down, coming down. And while the door has still been left open, they're starting to use different language. And one of the biggest uh, differences that I noticed in the last announcement was that the decisions that they're going to be making are going to be 
uh, more data-driven at this point, less policy-driven at this point. So to me, that sounds a bit more like they're starting to see what they want to. Uh, they're getting closer to the top of this cycle, uh, assuming that things don't change. We'll see. There's, you know, I think as we go into the latter half of the year, the baseline effects, these big 1% drops in inflation are going to look more like half a percent, 0.25%. So the gains, they might fluctuate or they may not even look like gains at all. And so that could change sentiment. That could change their direction. Uh, and, you know, Dan, I, I just want to make this point too, because the U.S. stock market right now is ripping it near all-time highs. And all of this matters in terms of what the central banks are going to do with interest rates. It, 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 like, while there is still obviously a risk that you know, stock prices could fall because they have ripped so hard so far this year. I mean, the S&P 500 is up 16% this year. And to give you guys some perspective, that is surpassing full year gains in 2010, which was 15.1%, 2011, which was a terrible year, 2.1%, 2014, 13.7%, 2015, 1.4%, and 2016 was 12%. We are at a time when we've got way higher interest rates than all of those years. We've got banks pulling back on the flow of credit. I, you know, and yet either people just don't believe the central bank and, and there's enough momentum in the marketplace that they're going to continue to push things along, uh, or they're making a series of very terrible decisions and something in that stock market is likely to pop once we see these interest rates take full effect. My feeling is that if that does happen, you know, the interest rates that have happened from, you know, last year to where we are now, it's going to be like, if you get knocked down, it's, there's going to be a series of punches while you're down too. So, you know, I, I just don't know where this is going right now. It's so psychological, uh, because the fundamentals suggest that we should be doing something completely different than where we are today. So, uh, I, I just don't have the clarity to provide a lot of guidance right now. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to when a lot of it doesn't add up, like you said, when you do look at the fundamentals and the economics of it. But hey, it's also the reality that we are living in. So mm -hmm. thank you, as always, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode, got some value out of it. And if you did, please just share with one person that you think will enjoy it too. Thanks, as always. Have an awesome day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.